Welcome to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. Brought to you by elevatebooks.com. Hello and welcome to another one of our Elevate Podcast. My name is Benjamin J. Harvey, the Difference Maker Mentor. And once again, we have the pleasure of interviewing an international best-selling author from the Elevate series. Now, if you want to find out more about them or any of the other authors in the Elevate series, be sure to check out elevatebooks.com forward slash authors, where you'll actually find a bunch of additional information and plenty of highly valuable and free, that's free resources you can download immediately to further assist you in elevating all areas of your life. And so today we're speaking with Tina Bolto. Now, for those who have not met Tina before, she is actually the founder of Easy Growing, and she is a passionate food gardener and an educator. Now, her love for gardening actually started all the way back in 1992 while assisting the establishment of a community garden. Since then, she studied and practiced various methods of growing, including organic, biodynamic, permaculture, and aquaponics. Now, She's also been a paramedic and was awarded the Australian National Medal for Service in 2013. Tina has built two homes, one of which is a solar passive straw bale house that was actually featured in Owner Builder magazine. Having moved over 30 times, Tina is an expert in designing the perfect garden for any living situation. She actually made it her mission to help others create food gardens that suit their own unique circumstance and lifestyle. So please welcome to the show, Tina. Hello. Hi, Ben. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Lovely to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you too. I, I think a lot of our listeners are sitting at home saying, please, Tina, show us how to get some fresh food into our system and how do we set up a garden that we can eat off. Uh, now, I know you've got some incredible wisdom that you'd like to be sharing today, but before we jump into all of that, why is it all about easy growing for you? What, what made you pick well-being through the concepts of having your own gardens and your own food? What, what, what led you to that? Well, I've actually found that um, growing food has been really empowering for me. It's made a huge difference to my life. Um, a lot of years ago, I had some health challenges. I was diagnosed with that terrible IBS thing. And um, through changing my diet, I managed to get that under control and, and then by growing my own food, I haven't had a problem with that for many, many years. But I found, um, I was living in the country at the time and I found it was actually really challenging to get my um, hands on good quality fresh produce and sort of um, fell back into trying to grow my own food, didn't do it terribly successfully and through um, friends learned a bit about permaculture and started having some some really good results with that and um, got um, just just some nice fresh produce that I, I couldn't actually access locally but it wasn't absolutely perfect system for me it was still quite a bit of effort but I saw the benefit to my kids um, as well and I, I thought there's got to be an easier way than this so, yeah, look, looked at it and made a huge difference to a lot of different areas in my life. Now, you say IBS, so you had irritable bowel syndrome. And yeah. so what, what did you find? Just eating organic foods tended to clear that up for you? Is, is that kind of the gist of it? You just got the right food in the system and, and it started to improve your well-being? Yes, yeah, certainly. That, that was a part of it. Um, I think as much as anything, it was getting the wrong foods out of my system and yeah. having... Um, <laughs> 
yeah, I think most of us can relate to that. And um, yeah, for a lot of people, I know a lot of people that I know, it's sort of a, an ongoing challenge with, um, you know, you go in and fill up your car at the service station, there's a whole lot of chocolate bars in front of you. It um, can be a bit challenging. But, but by having my own um, fresh produce at home, if I felt like a snack or... Um, or just just seeing it there, it's um um just just makes you makes you want to eat it really. <laughs> when you've got really nice fresh produce, it's right there. It's just staring you in the face. Um, and I found I found that my kids were doing the same thing. They were having fun actually growing food, um, going and um, sneaking strawberries off the strawberry plants. <laughs> Um, you know, I'd go out there and there'd be none left. Um, but you know, it, it was just um, just a turning point for me. I had actually felt quite um, disempowered, really, through um, terrible relationship and having to move up to the country to escape not very nice situations, and felt quite a bit of sort of out of control in my life. And mm -hmm. that being able to provide well for my kids. And realising that I could actually do this, um, I should mention that years before I tried to have conventional gardens and they just did not work. Um, but re realising that I could actually do this was really empowering for me and just also realised that the time I spent in the garden was just really good for me on another level, emotional, um, emotional mental level as well. Yeah, I find a lot of people who get into gardening often refer to it as as, a, as their meditation. Like it's it's quite a healing activity. I mean, why do you think you get such an emotional benefit from it? What, what does gardening provide you that allows those emotions to transform? Um, I I think it, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I I liken it to people whose thing is bushwalking. You know, you you get out into nature and it brings you to the here and now. Um, you know, there's, there's so many things to um, um, sort of invigorate our, invigorate our senses, like the, the colours and the textures and the smell and the sounds. And, and then you get into the gardening and then you've got the taste and the touch aspect as well, touching the earth and, and tasting the fresh produce. So it's that whole um, being back in touch with nature um, I, I think for me personally that makes all of the difference and and do you know Ben it doesn't even have to be a big garden or a perfect garden um, I, I mentioned my um, you mentioned in my the bio about me having moved 30 times I think it's just over 30 times incidentally I've been where I'm living now for about three years and that's a bit of a miracle um, <laughs> but a um, placement so far <laughs> yeah just just about um, but I've lived in some places, like I've lived even in a caravan and um, and just to have a plant to tend or, you know, a few little things that you can give nurturing to, um, you know, water it and touch it and trim it if it needs it and, and then it gives back to you. My, my thing obviously is food produce and food plants, but... Um, like to pick the first fig off of a tree that I've got in a pot <laughs> and to, to watch it and nurture it and there's only one on the tree when it's a little tiny one and to pick that first fig off and then to bite into it and think, oh, heaven. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I think there's something magical about that. I mean, my parents in our garden when I was growing up always had um, strawberries. And I just thought there was something mm. quite magical about getting home from school and then going down to the garden and just rustling around on the ground looking for any strawberries that were ripe and then just grabbing them and eating them. You know, there, there's something about becoming aware that mm. the land can provide Oh, you know, yes. through this magic of osmosis and this incredible transformative alchemy that happens between the sun and the dirt and the water and the air, and all of a sudden you've got this delicious strawberry in your mouth. And I don't know, I think there's definitely something cleansing and healing about that whole process, for sure. Oh, there is. And and certainly for children too. It's um, you know, a wonderful thing to to give to your kids, I think, is to show them where food really comes from. Um, I yeah. actually, um, a, a few years ago, I was speaking with a friend of mine and um, I, I said something about growing peas, I think. And, um, and, and believe it or not, this man in his 40s didn't actually know that peas grew in pods on a vine. <laughs> <laughs> which, um, and I, excuse me to any of the, the listeners who didn't know that, but it's just, just a sign of our society that we get so used to things being in the shops. And yeah, in the packet, connect for sure. where they actually come from. Um, yeah, I think a yeah. lot of people, I mean, you think about people growing up in this generation, they, they, they wouldn't even understand, like, where a cashew comes from or yeah. where a strawberry, I mean, that, and it's not because they're, not educated it's just because mm. uh, it's not something that we are bothering to teach people anymore i think we've lost mm. touch with that whole concept so, so just, and yeah and i go on oh i was just going to say and it, it's it's become so easy for us to go to the shops and to just grab something and mm. and a lot of us are sort of out of touch with um what what the difference with shop produce and home produce is as well um, yeah, a, a lot of it's about convenience and time, obviously. Mm. So, so mm. tell me, is it, I'm living in an apartment, for example, and I've mm. got a tiny little balcony. I don't know, mm-hmm. it's maybe, uh, let's call it three, no, two and a half metres by maybe a metre. Yeah. And out there are two chairs and a table. I mean, what kind of garden can I put there? <laughs> Um, I often have people that um, think that they can't have a, a garden where they're living, um, like like your example of you know very small space, and it, it comes back really to lifestyle and what people would like. I think is is one of the first questions. There's there's no point. You could grow strawberries out there um, if you like strawberries. Strawberries would be a great thing to grow, but you you might also be someone who um, entertains regularly and, and is into these um, gourmet cooking shows, for example, and you'd like to have some fresh herbs out there. Herbs actually are one of the, the easiest, easiest things to grow. They put up with you forgetting to water them, um, put up with harsh sun and uh, wind and that sort of thing. They're basically weeds that we use. So um, it really comes back to your lifestyle and what you would like. Um, if, if, for example, your balcony was um, somewhere where you liked to sit out and read or you wanted it to look really pretty or, um, um, oh, what am I, I'm just imagining a, a balcony that is lush and green with a couple mm-hmm, of chairs mm-hmm. sat in around that. 
you might choose so it's kind to of like have... It's the aesthetics and the practicality. So yeah, I guess yeah, the listener has exactly. to kind of work out, do I want yes. to... I mean, what's the purpose of it, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. If the balcony is just a space where they go out and sit and have their coffee, and other than that, they put their washing on the clothes there out there, then it's probably... It, it may not be so important to the person that it's aesthetically pleasing. But mm-hmm. um, if you like things, if you like the beauty of things and that's important to you, you might choose to have an, um, a decorative, a spalliard apple tree, for example, out there. That I've, I've got one out the front of my place at the moment, which is my, one of my favourite plants. And um, I, I didn't actually train it that way. I, I must confess, I saw it in a shop and I couldn't resist it. <laughs> But you can grow them, grow them that way yourself. Where it's actually trained on a wire that is this quite large, tall S shape, and it makes this snaking shape that goes up um, higher than my my front door, and it's it's just beautiful how it creates this this wave, and then it gets these absolutely gorgeous red apples on it that cling to the. Um, cling to the stem of the plant basically and you watch them they start off little more the blossoms are beautiful when they come out then it comes to these little green fruits that form and eventually they they become these beautiful red glossy apples that are you then don't really want to take off the plant because they look so nice but they taste good too so um, yeah I think I think it comes back to first of all which is one of the things that I, I suggest people do Look at what your needs are before you look at what you're going to grow. I like it. So really, people can have a garden in, in any environment, no matter what size, the balcony. The, I mean, do you recommend indoor gardens as well? Is that something that... Um, I, I do to a certain extent. I I found personally, I have had indoor gardens. Um, I find personally that... Um, things like to grow out in the fresh air more than they'll grow inside but there are certainly things you can grow inside Um, it just really does need the right amount of light Uh, we don't realize really how much we miss natural light in our internal environments because we have artificial lighting but some some plants actually have quite high light requirements. So again, you can grow inside, but you need to know what to grow and how to grow it. So some, if you have north-facing windows, that's easy. That pretty much, you know, lots and lots of things will grow in the light from a north-facing window. People that don't have north north-facing windows, they need to put in grow lights and that kind of thing. So yes, certainly it can be done. So in your bio, you mentioned aquaponics now I've heard of hydroponics before but but what are aquaponics um well first of all Ben I think it's great that you notice the distinction there a lot of people get them confused or think they're the same thing um aquaponics is where um I'll, I'll start with hydroponics first hydroponics actually grows plants in um in a medium that has water, so usually with clay beads and then water, or just just in water, that then has nutrients added to it. So they're usually chemical compounds or different nutrients that are added to the water in order to feed the plants. Now, the the levels become a little bit imbalanced with um, hydroponics, so regularly that water has to be dumped and changed over to fresh water and then new nutrients put in. So it's actually a pretty good system. It's an amazing system that can grow plants without soil. Aquaponics takes that one step further um, in that 
you also have some form of aqua life that provides the nutrients in a completely natural form that is the excrement or um, you know the, the feces of whatever it is that you're growing then goes in to nourish your plants naturally. So it provides its own fertilizer for the plants. And the plants in turn filter that water so that it goes back to your aquatic life. Now, when I say aquatic life, most people that have aquaponic systems use it to actually grow fish that they can eat as well. So it becomes um, a very, very efficient system. Um, things like um, jade perch is a, a type of fish that is commonly grown in aquaponics in Australia. Some people in the warmer climate, climates might have barramundi. In, in the cooler areas or cooler climates, they might grow trout. Um, I'm, I don't actually um, generally eat fish, so I choose to grow, have goldfish. Some people also have yabbies. Um, and so there's lots of different things that you can have that actually provides the nutrition for the plants. The beauty of or one of the other um, huge benefits with the aquaponic system is that you don't need to dump the water. So it's even a lot, lot more water efficient. In fact, I'd go so far as to say it's the most water efficient method of gardening that there is. It's certainly the most water efficient that I know. So I think it's ideal for Australian mm. conditions. So, so wait a minute, you're saying that the plants are growing in water that have fish in the water? No, I, I should clarify. There's actually a pond that is separate. So it can be a decorative pond. Ah. In, like I have goldfish in a decorative pond or it can be a, a fairly large tank that the fish are actually growing in. Um, there's air, you do need an air pump to continually aerate, like to put oxygen in the water for the fish. You then feed the fish of course, that they grow, um, and that water is then pumped through um, plant beds or large tubs or large pots that the plants are planted in. So usually, again, they're planted in a, a medium of clay beads, so that just holds all their roots in place. And mm. you can grow a lot more intensively than what you can in the garden generally too because they're getting intense nutrients from from the fish, basically from the excrement of the fish. So, yeah, it's just a completely balanced system. It, it's organic. Generally speaking, it's organic because if you're not using organics, then your fish die, in which case your plants die. So um, it's a system that's used without chemicals, um, beautifully clean. Plants absolutely thrive on it because it's the same balance that they would get in nature. So, so with that, does the water cycle back into the pond and collect nutrients yes. again? Is that kind of the idea? Yes, exactly, exactly. So uh, I should clarify, the, the fish provide all the nutrients. That's then pumped, pumped through all the grow beds or the pots, through to all the plants. They um, take the nutrition, they take up the nutrition out of the water. It's then returned to the plants in a clean, into the fish in a clean state. So the fish then have nice fresh filtered water going back through to them um, and then the whole cycle starts again. You feed your fish, they produce their beautiful nutrients into the water and that's pumped through to the plants. So it's a continuous mm. pumping system that keeps the water of the fish nice and pure and keeps the water that's going to the plants um, with a nice nutrient level in it. Got it. Wow. Aquaponics, mm. eh? So that sounds like uh, 
Yeah, it's a very efficient way of growing your plant. Mm, absolutely. And it doesn't need to be on a large scale either, Ben. There's um, um, examples of aquaponic systems where people are just growing um, a, a few different foods on top of their fish tank. No, gen generally speaking, an aquaponic system is uh, you know set up outside and you know, make the most of it. Once people start with something small, I think they they like to expand and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, that sounds like the the kind of fruit and vegetables you would get from a aquaponics setup. To me, sounds like that mm. would be the most natural. Potentially natural mm. occurring thing, I guess. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, there's there's other methods of gardening that, that in particular suit people that are on the move. Like I have what I call a transportable orchard, which is fruit trees that I've grown in, in pots because I've moved so many times and I didn't really didn't want to start again from scratch. Um, mm. Because a lot of fruit trees really bear a lot better when they're a couple of years old, at least. Um, but with with the the aquaponics, um, that's that's a, a system that that suits some people, um, and and certainly, like you say, the really efficient way to do it. But but with the pots and garden beds, usually you'll need to add fertilizer or nutrients in some form. So um, there's, which which certainly suits some people. I do teach that kind of thing as well. Um, and people either need to bring nutrients in in the way of fertilisers, or they need to produce their own compost. If they have, you know, a decent amount of space, they can have a, a compost pile or a compost bin or something like that, and recycle all their food scraps and cuttings out the garden, any excess produce that they've got that they haven't given away that can go into there too and provide nutrients. But certainly with the aquaponic system, you don't need to worry about any of that. Yeah. So in all the years you've been doing this, what's like the, the most mind-blowing thing you've ever learnt about growing fruit or vegetables or gardening? Like, like what was one thing you learned you're like, oh my goodness, that is absolutely incredible? Do you know, Ben, I'd have to say right in the beginning, the part that was the most... Um, the aha moment and the most life changing was hearing about permaculture. Now I don't, um, I, I, I actually don't prescribe to the entire system of permaculture. I take the parts of it that suit me and my lifestyle, which is what I teach other people to do, is to take bits from different types of systems so that they get the perfect fit for them. But for me permaculture was life changing in that um, I, I did learn about it uh, through a friend of mine. I thought, wow, this is amazing. And her garden is such a terrible mess, <laughs> producing so much. And I thought, oh, I don't know that I want a garden that's quite that messy, but this is amazing. And then I went on to learn a bit more about it. And I met one of the co-founders of, of Permaculture, um, David Holmgren. And he actually said to me that he doesn't fit into the permaculture system. He uses permaculture to fit into his life and to make his life a lot easier. And that was the aha for me. Oh, I don't have to change all of these ideals that I have, like having an incredibly messy garden so that I can have you know, great produce. I can actually take the parts of permaculture that work for me and will make my life easier. And for example, I now have 
produce and, and my precious garden plants, or some of them, right near my front door instead of down the back. Because right near my front door is where I tend to look after things more rather than, you know, walking out in the rain. Um, or, you know, on we had 47 in Adelaide just recently. I don't want to walk outside 47 degrees, but I'll just walk out my front door and, and tend to things. Um, so, yeah, I'd have to, so, have to say permaculture was life-changing. So for those listeners out there who have not heard of permaculture before, just give them a very brief summary in your own words of, of what permaculture is. Um, it's, a, it's actually a design system of living um, where think, different things in your life interact with other things in your life to make your life easier. So what people, most people that know anything about permaculture will think that it relates to food and growing, but that's actually only part of it. It's... Um, Bill Mollison, who's one of, who actually coined the phrase permaculture initially, he says that it's a conscious design and um, maintenance system. It's agriculturally productive and it has diversity, stability and resilience of natural ecosystems. So it actually looks after our environment as well. But it's where everything interacts with everything else in a way that um, mimics nature, basically. So we have the aquaponics is a bit of an example of it where we use the, um, the waste product of the fish to then feed the plants. Um, we use the composting. We use the, the rubbish that we're not using, like our cuttings of the food, to then go into compost and then new, nourish plants. We use the produce off of the plants to nourish ourselves. And that, that is like... That's not only our bodies nutritionally, but it's also our mind um, and mm. our well-being. So it's a complete yeah, system nice. of living. Mm. So it's a system of living where everything gets integrated into everything else. Mm. And, to make our uh, life all... easier, really. <laughs> yeah, right. Nice. I mean, that's quite fascinating. I'm sure our listeners will want to find out more. Now, I know you've got this incredible website uh, up online, easygrowing.com.au. Uh, so the people who are out there listening right now to this podcast, you can definitely go ahead and check out easygrowing.com.au. And I know that you run some great workshops and that you also teach multiple methods of gardening, which is really important because a lot of people in this space, they just have their one way of doing it, like it's hydroponics or now I can say aquaponics because I know about that now. Um, mm. But they, they generally just have their one way. But the cool thing about what you teach is you've got so many different methods of gardening. And I really love your whole philosophy that uh, – it's not one size fits all. It's everybody has their own version of a garden, you know, and yeah. it doesn't matter where you live or what space you have. There's a garden that is out there that can actually suit you, uh, which I think is mm. really cool. So for our listeners out there, what would, what would be your, your top tip or your top three tips for elevating their well-being through gardening? What, what, would, what would be the, the biggest tips you could give right now? Uh, well, I'd have to say that you can start fast with growing things, but take a minute. Don't rush out and just go and buy something and, and start growing. Um, at least consider the location, your orientation, and what it is that you actually want out of a garden. Um, and then once you start, start with something easy. Don't do the hard stuff. Start with herbs. Um, apples are easy, strawberries. If you've got kids, try radishes. 
Radishes, mm-hmm. in fact, you can just grow in a pot on your windowsill. <laughs> like, and they grow really, really fast and they're delicious. Um, don't start with lemons or tomatoes. They're a little bit difficult. Um, on my website, there's um, a really fast way of starting if people really, really do want to start fast. Um, and it just involves getting a, a bag of potting mix from the supermarket, basically, or your hardware store and cutting a hole in it and sticking a plant in it. <laughs> so you can yeah. see how I do that on my website. That just gets people going really fast if they if they really do need that instant satisfaction. Um, the no. other thing I've um, the other thing that I um, do show people is I have a report on the Dirty Dozen, which um, if people are interested in organics and that kind of thing. By the way, I do teach methods other than organic gardening for those people who organics not important to because we all have our own. Uh, what's important. But um, the Dirty Dozen is a, um, just a list or a report about the foods that feature regularly that have high chemical residue on them or you know, high, high risk of chemical residue. Um, and just as a hint on that, apples is one of the ones that comes up really high on the list year after year. Um, yeah, so I, I guess that's it. My tip is don't rush out. You can get started fairly easily and fairly quickly, but just stop and think first. Nice. So just take a little bit of time and and get it clear. I know uh, in this incredible book that you've put together, Elevate Your Wellbeing, you've got a great system that people can follow. So definitely recommend if you haven't got the book yet, uh, by all means, grab a hold of it, where Tina actually goes through a four-step process where she breaks down exactly the steps to take and also how to get a garden up and running quite quickly. So make sure you do check out her website, easygrowing.com.au. Are there any final words you'd like to leave our listeners with before we wrap it up today? Um, I would mention that I've also got a Facebook page that's also called Easy Growing. So that just um, yeah, has little tidbits on it as well. Um, I think mm-hmm. the final point is is um, that it's important for us to each take, take time out of our busy schedules and to reconnect with nature just whenever you can, however you can. Growing food obviously is my thing and um, I recommend that that's a great way of, of doing it. Touch something green. Nice. Touch something green. I like it. That is like <laughs> a nice sentence to finish it off with. Uh, Tina, I've actually been taking some notes as I've been listening to you, which is really cool. Uh, I got a lot of value out of this. I know the listeners have been having a great time as well. So I just want to thank you once again for uh, being here on the show and sharing your wisdom with the world and uh, going out there and helping people have more healthy lives and better well-being through the, the gift of gardening. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ben. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. So if you'd like to find out more about Tina or any of the other authors, uh, please go ahead and visit elevatebook.com forward slash authors. And of course, always remember, giving yourself permission to do what you love is the key to elevating all areas of your life. Until we meet again, share your light, live your love, and do whatever it takes to be your own best friend. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. For more information, visit www.elevatebooks.com.